0: Welcome to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. My name is Dr. Andrew Trasida from NHS Somerset, and I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Dr. Peter Bagshaw, GP and NHS Somerset Mental Health Lead. And we're really pleased to welcome today Emma Sue Prince, who's going to talk, us about, talk to us about seven skills for the future. Emma Sue, very warm welcome to you. And please tell us about yourself and your journey that's got, to, got you to where you are now.
1: Thank you, Andrew. Yes. Um, so I am an author and a trainer, and I've written a book called Seven Skills for the Future. I have always worked in education and training and done lots of different things over the course of my career. Um, and then, and always in kind of soft skills and thinking about how people interact together and how to be effective. And I then had an opportunity to write a book which sort of came to me. It wasn't something I was planning to do. And it was all about redefining the soft skills. So I thought about what are the kinds of skills that have helped me in my life? So looking back, what are those skills? And that's how the seven skills were born. And those skills are adaptability, critical thinking, empathy, integrity, optimism, being proactive and resilience. And once I'd written the book, because I'd done so much work in training and development, I really had a burning desire to to help people to use these skills in their everyday lives. And that's how I came to be doing all the different workshops and sessions that I run now.
2: And these all sound absolutely great. How, how can people learn these things? A lot of people think, well, resilience is just something you've got or you haven't. So are you saying that people can actually change the way they react to situations?
1: Yes, absolutely. So these are skills that we each of us have inside ourselves. And we actually pretty much have unlimited capacity to develop and nurture the skills. So we can look back, if, if I were to ask anybody, think about a time in your life when you have been adaptable or when you have been resilient, and most people can respond and say, oh, I can think of a time uh, when I, when, when I used that skill. So this is really about helping people to understand how can I use it day to day? And there are loads of things that, that one can do to nurture these skills.
0: That's really helpful. I wrote some of those down but, it, um, but I didn't catch them all. So, would it be helpful if we went through each one in turn, starting with adaptability, to give us a sort of a snapshot of each one? Would that Would that be okay, please?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, happy to. So, adaptability is a skill that helps you to respond to change, respond to setbacks, and move forward with confidence. It helps you to kind of deal with these things with a lot more ease than we perhaps might think and we are hard skilled hard, hardwired to be adaptable as well.
0: Yep. thank you and the next
1: one. So the next one is critical thinking uh, critical thinking has been with us for a long long time it's nothing new but today it's all about being able to discern information to kind of Respond well to all the stuff that's coming in at us. There's so much more, so much more information out there. So being able to do that well. Empathy is all about your relationships and how you interact with others. And a lot of that is about being in the present moment with people, being able to feel with people. Integrity is like your inner compass. So it kind of gives you direction in life Helps you to identify what your values are, and to what extent do you follow through on things and, you know, do what you say you're going to do. Being proactive is all about movement, so moving towards things. Whether that's in the short term, in the immediate term, it might be about how you respond to people in the immediate term, but in the longer term, it's about what do you want to do and how do how are you going to get there. Optimism is not a feeling. It's much more about how you explain world, how you interact with the world and how you explain events to yourself. And a lot of that comes from the School of Positive Psychology. And resilience is definitely not about being super strong and able to handle anything. Resilient people have a lot of really practical tools at their fingertips that they deploy to help them to respond well
2: perhaps we can unpack some of those interesting ideas. Um, you mentioned critical thinking, which obviously isn't thinking in a critical way, uh, 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 criti- you know, criticised. But I mean, that's particularly difficult at the moment when we've got so much information coming at us. And lots of studies show that we pick information that reinforces our own bias. So how, how do you go about doing that?
1: Gosh, yes, absolutely. We, we, we definitely will pick information that supports what we already might believe. So I think some of this is about making space to think. And that's something that we're not very good at. We, we kind of let things crowd in and come at us from all directions, all angles. So giving yourself a little bit of space, whether that's kind of first thing in the morning what you do, or giving yourself space in the day to perhaps not have so much coming in at you. That's, that's a a really, really important thing. And I think it's also about the questions you ask and questioning where something comes from. And unfortunately, the way things come at us is just too, too fast. So it's hard for us to kind of step back and think, okay, where is that information coming from? How valuable is this information? So being able to, to, to ask more questions. Also, I think being able to understand that actually, if you're worried about something, or if you're fearful about something, and I think this is really, really relevant, then you will naturally start looking for information to support that. So, anything that you might be fearful about, all you've got to do is just a few taps away, you're going to find information to support that fear. So, that's an important part is how you look after yourself, which maybe we don't think about when we think about critical thinking but actually kind of like okay how do i make sure that i'm um not allowing so much to come in at me all the time
0: that's really interesting um because you've you've touched on several things there one is the volume of information coming in to, towards us and another is our ability to um cope with and to discern truth or 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 um what what might be useful from that information so i've got two questions which is one where does inner stillness the personal skill of inner stillness sit and two how do we in our critical thinking avoid the bias of the knowledge or the attitudes that we've grown up with and we take for granted
1: okay So so So, two
0: separate questions sorry about that
1: but so that inner stillness is something that is always, always with you. And the best way to tap into that, you can definitely tap into it by making a little bit of space. And by space, I mean going for a walk, um, having some time where you might reflect. That's what I mean by space. But the quickest route to that inner stillness is through your breathing and slowing down your breathing to bring yourself into the present moment. That could be called mindfulness. It can be a kind of spirituality. It could be a whole bunch of different things, however, you want to interpret it. But that is the quickest route to that inner peace.
0: I'm so glad you've mentioned that because our listeners will be familiar. As long as you're not driving at the moment or handling several uh, heavy machinery, might I invite everybody to put their feet flat on the floor to allow their spines to be comfortable. And using using our abdominal muscles, using our diaphragms, take three slow, regular, rhythmic, calming, diaphragmatic breaths and just notice how you feel and then back to Emma
1: I just love that you've said that, um, coming from from a doctor, and it's just so, so powerful. And if we could just do that several times a day, in fact, it just brings you into the present moment. Um, And also, that breathing, it activates your parasympathetic nervous system, which dials everything down. And it means that you're a little bit more grounded because Because we carry so much tension and we carry so many micro stresses. And something to um, bear in mind is that all that information coming in at you creates a micro stress. And that can mean that you can be in that state of micro stress for most of the day and not even notice it. So the breathing helps you to kind of tap into that. And I think that is a really important part of being able to think critically because you're not then reacting to everything all the time. So the second question you had was, how do we um, cope with these biases that that kind of come up? Because a lot of them are subconscious. And the first step is to become a a little bit more gently aware of when you might be making an assumption. Um, The brain likes to do that very, very, very quickly because it's trying to make sense of stuff. So when might you be making an assumption about something? And to also allow yourself to open up a little bit. So we tend to shut things down very quickly, especially if it doesn't fit with our worldview or, um, you know, we don't particularly like that idea. So to kind of open up and maybe just ask one more question. I find if people just ask one more question, which could be tell me more about that or it could be, gosh, that's something I've never heard of before. And then open up that conversation. You're just kind of opening yourself up. And I find that just that simple thing of asking one more question, you'll be amazed at how much you actually were sort of biasing. That's probably not a word, but, you know, you're kind of, you know, subconsciously um, uh, believing something through one of your sort of filters or biases.
2: That's really useful, Emma. That's, it's so difficult to do. So I think that's a, a a great reminder for us. Can I take you on to one of the other seven um, uh, skills that you mentioned? Uh, you said uh, something was taken from the School of Positive Psychology, which sounds the sort of school I'd like to go to. Could you tell us a bit about that?
1: Yes. So this is in relation to optimism. And it's really about coming from the premise that optimism is not about, oh, I'm an optimist. Optimist and someone else the pessimist or I feel good so therefore I'm feeling optimistic it's not coming from there at all it's coming much more from um, how you interpret things that are happening so positive psychology is all about being able to understand that why something's happened or when something is happening um, there are a whole bunch of different things that might be the Behind that. Um, so, uh, somebody who's tapping into that way of thinking, they won't necessarily take something personally. Um, and they're also able to know that any kind of negative emotion uh, or any emotion actually is temporary. Everything's temporary. So, in that moment when we're feeling it, it doesn't feel temporary. You know, if you're angry or upset, or, you know, that's definitely going to feel like it's just there all the time. But understanding that these things are temporary, being able to sit with your emotions, being able to understand and be able to say self-awareness is, is, is really underpinning all of these seven skills. But being able to say, actually, right now I'm feeling frustrated or I'm feeling angry and and to sit with that emotion. We don't like to sit with negative emotions, but if we can they can move through us a bit faster. So positive psychology is all about these practical little things that we can be doing that help to re- rewire the brain to some extent and help us tap into optimism. For example, um, one very heavily researched, uh, lots and lots of research studies back this up, way of building optimism is to practice gratitude. So to every day, and, and I encourage anyone listening to to do this but to to write down or think of some things that you are grateful for and this helps to rewire the brain because our brains are already naturally biased to go for the negative because it's like a protection you know what's what's out there I need to I need to know what's going on out there so being able to um, write down what you're grateful for writing down it's quite important if you can write it down it helps you to get perspective uh, and helps you to build on what is already there in your life so this is one of the quickest ways to boost optimism and positive psychology is full of these little tools and things that you can tap into that help to build those skills
0: that's really interesting emma sue and Is this a skill set that society is good at generally, or is it something that sort of we forgot to do and actually we all need to remember to do it ourselves?
1: I'm not sure we are naturally good at it. I mean, I think sometimes people can have certain traits. We know that, you know, uh, optimism being proactive and resilience I mean, all the skills are interlinked, but those three in particular are really strongly interlinked. So if you're being proactive, for example, you're, you're more likely to feel better about what's going on in your life. Um, I think it is easy for us to look for negative, especially in times of uncertainty and especially when there's so much information out there. You know, we can easily find all this, all, all of this stuff. So our brain will gravitate towards that more naturally.
0: Thank you. So gratitude is a very useful frame of mind. And I, I, I heard somewhere that gratitude and awe, that's a A-W-E, wonder, are they both, they both help us produce the positive neurochemicals. But actually, I would take that slightly further, and they are wonderfully selfish states of mind to have because they are self-nurturing, not selfish in a negative way, but they actually help us be more true to ourselves and be our better self. Um, Yes. On that.
1: yes, completely. And um, I want to touch on what you said about awe because being in nature and being in, in, in an environment where you can experience that awe, again, very, very heavily researched as being crucial for our well-being. So even just the simplest thing of going outside for a walk in nature every day you're already doing a whole, a whole lot to boost your well-being and to boost your optimism skills and to boost your critical thinking skills. Because when you walk, you get ideas and you problem solve.
2: Emma, you've mentioned how these things link in together. Uh, it's a shame that our listeners uh, can't see you as we can because you've got a lovely woven rainbow behind you with, by complete coincidence, seven colours. So are, are you saying that your seven skills also link in together like a rainbow?
1: Well, you know, I, I, I would definitely say that. They definitely do link together like a rainbow. But this behind me is uh, are the colours of our chakras, so the energy points in our bodies, are seven. Um, so yes, but I think, yes, I like I like the idea of the seven skills like a rainbow, and they definitely all overlap with each other, for sure.
0: Really interesting. You've mentioned seven chakras, which may be something very familiar to some of our listeners and not so familiar to others. And I gather it comes from South Asian wisdom, and it's Maybe thousands of years old. Uh, these are energy centers in the body. Um, do you want to tell us just a little bit about each one?
1: Well, I'm not an expert in chakras, but they are the energy centers in the body. So the idea is that they, they relate to. You know, I mean, I really don't have enough expertise to say exactly explain what they are, but they they relate to different parts of our body, and our brain, and heart, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: different faculties. I've heard it said that uh, the crown chakra is where inspiration comes in. Uh, the brow chakra in our forehead is where we may be able to visualize something. Our throat chakra is perhaps where we organize that information. Our heart chakra is where we can dedicate ourselves to that intention. Our solar plexus is uh, where we apply the energy. Our sacral chakra is where we... Um, create something new and finally with the energy and the information coming down through our system into the base chakra we actually manifest and the base chakra connects us to earth where we feel trust and uh, safety and that's that's one brief one if that's helpful i can see yeah. people got something to to ask about <laughs> Also. I, as, as the resident
2: uh, sceptic on the podcast, I'd better add that your seven skills uh, are, are valid, whether or not you, you want to believe in chakras and take that on board, aren't they?
1: Oh, gosh, completely. I mean, the, the, what I always uh, advocate is doing really simple, practical things that support you and help you um, and, 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 and feed into these seven skills. So, yes you don't need to you know you don't need to be into chakras. I mean I think they can be quite inspirational but you don't need to believe in that to um, foster these skills
2: and were there any of the other skills that you wanted to unpack for our listeners?
1: Yes um I'd like to talk about being proactive because that is linking with optimism and resilience and we've been talking about optimism and um with being proactive, there are two Aspects to it. One is about in the short term, so in the immediate term rather, so how you respond to things that are going on around you. And anything that comes to you, whether it's an email, whether it's somebody asking you something, or whether it's somebody um, commenting, you know, uh, making a statement, that's like a stimulus. So it's a stimulus coming to you. And between that stimulus and what you do is a little bit of space. So being proactive there is about choosing a, a, a good response. And if you know you can't choose a good response because you're not in a good state yourself, then it might be about taking that breath and then choosing your response. And then in aside from that, being proactive is all about how you move towards something. So if you've got something which you would like to uh, have in your life, whatever that might be, whether it's... Um, work whether it's linked to um something in your environment whatever it might be it being proactive is is always about taking steps towards that rather than steps away from it so the link with optimism there is that if you are doing that and you're moving towards something and you're focusing on what is within your control that's really important you're going to feel better immediately so when we're upset or worried we tend to place our energy into the very things we can't control when you're proactive, you bring your energy into what you can control, and then you're boosting optimism and resilience all at the same time.
2: That's very interesting, because obviously being proactive requires energy, and, and a lot of people struggle to get enough energy, don't they? But what you're saying is that if you redirect your energy away from negative, unhelpful things, then it'll be available for more productive things. Is, have I understood that yeah. right?
1: Yes, yes, completely, yeah. Yeah.
2: Fantastic, and we're coming to the end of of our time. Unfortunately, are, are there any other things that you want to bring out from the, the skills, or any way in which you can weave those skills together in the way that your your chakra rainbow is is woven together behind you?
1: Well, I think it's a it's a, a daily practice, and it's about self awareness. And when we think about self care, self awareness, really asking yourself what do I need today? Do I need support? Do I need to move towards something? Am I allowing too much to come in? Am I giving myself space to think? It's kind of like these reflective questions Um, because then you're able to build that self-awareness and self-awareness is the cornerstone of these seven skills. That's what you need from which you build. So to give yourself that, that, that time, that space, Think about what you need and what you what you want, and to know that looking after yourself isn't selfish because you're then so when you look after yourself, you're then so much more able to be a light for others as well as for yourself.
0: This is fascinating, Emma Sue. So common sense in some ways, wisdom in many ways. Seven seven skills of wisdom built, perhaps, Peter, on ancient wisdom, because on the portico of the temple at Delphi, it said, know thyself and everything in balance. So we're tapping into some deep wellsprings of things that can approach, ideas and approaches that perhaps can help us live better. Absolutely. Yes. It all goes back to the ancient Greeks, doesn't it, Andrew? (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. Emma Sue, any last thoughts or words? Because this has just been fascinating.
1: I think it's really to let people know that you are your own best friend. And actually that's, that's what we need to be cultivating more of, of that. You know, we are our own best friends and we can actually, there's a lot of inner guidance that we have from ourselves.
0: Thank you so much. And inner stillness helps us get there. And sorry, a, a postscript from me on that. I saw in a, in a friend's bathroom the other day, a little notice that said, be yourself, be yourself. everyone else is taken. Hello. Thank you so much, Emma Sue. Go well. And thank you all listeners for joining us. All the very best. You've been listening to
2: the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast hosted by Dr. Andrew Tresider and Dr. Peter Bagshaw. The show was created by David Seeley and was produced by Rob Hunt's Music on behalf of the Somerset Clinical Commissioning Group.